March 9, 1945, Dorothea Rader gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. He would grow up to become a devoted churchgoer, caring family man, and a pillar of the community. The citizens of Wichita, Kansas could never have imagined that he was secretly a man who harbored deep sexual fantasies and craved the taste of death. This is the story of Dennis Rader, or in his own words, the BTK killer. Bind, torture, kill. Did you hear that? Like I sound like a door open. Oh, this? Maybe. I don't think it sounds like that. This? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I That's just the beginning of <laughs> Welcome to You said Dennis Rader. I was like, oh, this is a story about Clint. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's very similar. Yeah, it's weird. Jake is such a good reader. At the beginning of these, it weirds me out, bro. Dude, a wall wouldn't be effective around Louisiana. You put a wall of books, they run for the hills. Chew it down, Melissa. I remember, dude, I used to love that show, Swamp People. And then you said something to me, Jake, that ruined the show Swamp People. You're like, every episode, they just name a gator and act like there's a story behind him when really it's just a stupid alligator. Remember when he said that to me? We were going to blackjack. I mean, my dad liked that show and it ruined the story. He's like, remember there was an episode where he had T-Rex and they're like, like, they know a couple episodes. I was like, God damn, dude. It made me feel oh, so yeah. stupid. And then I stopped watching it. I like that. I like that show too, but it was just, that is what it was. Shoot him, Elizabeth. There yeah. isn't that many like, well-known gators out there. Yeah, dude, he he kind of sounds oh. like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> My paper's printed on like three different types of paper. <laughs> dude, don't get me fucking started. No, there's not really. Is there? Yeah, feel it. Come. This one mine. I don't want to know. Why? God, dude, I I fuck up the printing every day, dude. Every fucking time I do this, dude, stresses me out. I feel this. It's fine. Dude, what kind of fucking pervert are you? How are you feeling the density of paper? Jesus Christ, dude. Just go through them. I'm not, go- I'm not going through them, Carter. I don't care. I just think it's funny. Depends on it. I think two shots is, is good. my good rate to warm me the fuck up. So I act right. Do you know what I was thinking? We should get a van and like, we should like offer ghost hunting services. Dude, listen, that's a scary, that's a slippery slope. Listen, listen, I'm going to tell you something that's happening. Dude, my buddy, he's passed now, RIP. His name's Callan. Dude, I, I wanted to do ghost hunting. And I thought he would come with me and be the videographer because he was like, he was always taking videos and doing fun shit. So I was like, would you be willing to be a videographer on fucking a ghost hunt? And he's like, listen, are you going to like actually go ghost hunting? He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm not in, man. Which is not like him because he was a wild man. And I was like, why aren't you in? He's like, honestly, dude, because if I saw something, it's going to change how I feel about a lot of shit. And I don't think I want that. And dude, at the time he told me that, I had already put up a Craigslist ad. For ghost hunting services, like offering to do it for free, I took it down, dude, because he's stupid. Him saying that scared the fuck out of me. I'm like, oh, dude, like imagine, dude, imagine, like what religious connotations is that going to have for you? What's how's that going to have you? Like, are you going to change your life, how you're living your life? Because you think there's going to be an afterlife now? You know what I mean? It's like fuck that, dude. What what am I going to do with Casper? What if he tries to fucking? What if he tries to kiss my smoocho? I have to fight Casper now. I'm squaring up with fucking the whole, the friendly ghost. I'm not ready for that, dude. I, I, I'm busy. I work. I, I can't all the time. I don't think it would change how I feel. Oh, dude, if one of these pulling his cock out at you, a ghost with a cock out, Jake. Can he touch me? Oh, he can look at you. That's weird. <laughs> That's weird enough. What if he touches you? 
Would you let a man jack off at your window? No, just if they can touch you, they can hurt you. What if it was like a really sexy ghost? Though? Oh, what are the chances? Dude, sexy <laughs> ghosts don't cool. stick around. It's some old crotchety fucking racist man that's going to stick around. It's not some fucking babe. It's not the, the chick on Instagram you're trying to follow on OnlyFans, Carter. Dude, we would pull up and we would like look at the house and be like, yeah, it's haunted. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Did that cross beam have a splinter in it the last time you were here? No. No. Huh. <laughs> should we worry about that? I don't know when, but this place is going to crumble. <laughs> no, dude. Mean. Fuck, I hope not for like another 30 years and I sold the yeah, I mean, That's what I'm saying. Probably 30 years, but it will. Oh, yeah, no. Anything can do that. Why would you say that and scare me? Because it will. Everything's going to crumble. The White House. Whoa. Political. This isn't that kind of podcast. <laughs> where do you read that kind of news is that on Fox <laughs> yeah that's where I get all my Breitbart <laughs> this is a hot take but I watched Superbound for the first time like a couple days ago that's alright leave me outside right fucking now dude I love that movie dude that movie made me okay with being a fat kid that was funny I, that was such a good like, movie like it it, uh, it could have been funnier like, there's a couple Fucking parts hell. that made me laugh. Dude, that's nonstop classic gold, baby. Oh. Has Emma Stone when she was a little smooch out? Superbad is known. If you Google Google funny movies to watch, it's the number one. Guaranteed. Dude, it was like, okay. Like, I've seen funnier. What? Name one. I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait, bitch. I'll fucking wait. Name uh, one. Okay, let me think. You're going to say some stupid shit. Step Brothers was pretty funny. Fuck Step Brothers. Um, I like Step Brothers. Step Brothers is good. Step Brothers is good. Yeah. Oh, no, I Biodome. Biodome was good. But Biodome's uh, good. You think Biodome was better than Suran? <laughs> yeah. Dude, Carter. Dude, I've watched Biodome can, can I ask like you a question? 10 plus times. Please, I'm, so I'm, not, I'm not trying to be an asshole here. You didn't vote last, last season, did you? <laughs> You've asked him this before. <laughs> you, you have asked him. Dude, I can't believe you think Biodome. Dude, Biodome was hilarious. Dude, Biodome doesn't Biodome have, is really good. It is good, but it doesn't, have the, it doesn't even have the best Baldwin brother. That's one of the shitty Baldwins. It's like a fucking spare tire. Dude, you just it, throw him in the street. Anything can happen to those Baldwin twins. He's pretty funny. Uh, Biodome I, I kind of agree. It's I a different type Biodome of comedy. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a terrible movie. But better than Superbad, dog? Probably not. Superbad, just, it could have been fun. It was like over the top. Like, I didn't like the cops in Superbad. Like, they were kind of like... Bill Hader and Seth Rogen. You know, like Bill Hader and Seth Rogen? No. Oh, you don't like comedy then? It's okay. cops. <laughs> Honestly, you're saying so much shit. I'm thinking... Maybe anti-Semitic. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> dude, my sister told me one time, and she, dude, I was single, and I told her that I was like thinking about going to taxidermy school. <laughs> and she's like, you need to get a fucking girlfriend. She said just like that. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You yourself? She was abrasive as fuck about it. She's like, dude, you're not going to taxidermy school. Get a fucking girlfriend, dude. And I got a Tinder the same day. Not the next day. The same day. I was like, She's right. What the fuck am I talking? I'm not going to taxidermy school. And I got a tender. You can do okay in taxidermy. It, was, dude, it, wasn't, make a lot it wasn't even about the money. I wanted to get a stuffed beaver and I looked one up on eBay and it was like 350 bucks to have one shipped to me. And I was like, dude, how much is taxidermy school? So I looked at a small games license. It's only 25 bucks. I was like, I bet mean, I could teach. I could learn how to be a fucking taxidermist. Like I watched a couple YouTube videos. It didn't seem that bad. And I was like, fuck, I'll just, I'll just learn how to do it, dude. I already have a gun rack on the canoe I had at the time. It's like, fuck it, I'll hunt some beaver. Dude, I told Kim about it, and she's like, get a fucking girlfriend. You're so fucking dumb. What are you talking about? And I was like, okay. It actually be pretty cool like, to like, have a taxidermist friend. <laughs> be yeah. like, 
Yeah, he, he ends be- up being fucking Dennis Rader, dude. That's such a weird fucking career. Do you hear yourself? <laughs> you're the one that wanted to go. I didn't go. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. It depends. Dennis Rader. Like, if you're going to be like, yeah, Norman Bates was a taxidermist. Actually, I don't know if that was just in the show or if that was in like an actual. It's based off Ed Gein, the Bates Hotel. Was based off of Psycho, the original Psycho. Yeah. The Bates Hotel was based off Ed Gein, and I don't think he was a taxidermist. I think he was just per. Well, he did make shit out of people. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, listen, he I'm not made saying that the, nipple belt. I'm not saying the guy wasn't qualified. Kind of <laughs> I'm not saying the guy wasn't qualified. I'm just saying he was a fucking pervert. Hold sure. on. Can we go? To, oh, what, yeah. Can we go back to the nipple belt? <laughs> That'd be yeah. kind of a cool belt. Ugh. It's all chafy, dude. And I bet it doesn't hold your pants up very well. Dude, also. <laughs> you just be like, dude, playing with them all the time. <laughs> nipple belt? Does a nipple belt sound like a fucking knockoff Dark Horse comic? I'd wear it as a chain. Let's get started. Yeah, you're going to have to pee in a second. <laughs> Jake gets so offended when no one else has to pee. Yo, my girl's asleep on the couch. She's going to be so startled that Jake walks in with his fucking beard. Like, who are you? <laughs> I thought you were going to sit with my wiener. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Fuck. Who? I can't believe you know that song, Carter. Did they play that in your preschool? No, I thought we were just doing a rendition of Who Let the Dogs Out. <laughs> oh, no. That's a song, too. Jake has handed us some foam that are definitely from a makeup subscription box that Stevie and my sister got, and they just gave us the extra foam. I think you brought some, too. I think this was wrapped around the dildo. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's a secret story. <laughs> Thanks for outing us, Carter, you asshole. Clint's got a sex toy subscription box. Dude, we should make that. Listen, you just came with a business idea. Oh, dude, it's so dumb. Uh, and I fall for it, too, but it's like it's so dumb. What? The subscription boxes. 80% of it is stuff you don't want. Or shit. Dude, do you think we and can you're get not going to use it. Can we get our dicks like molded to be a dildo, and then we can put goochers on it? Not your be- dick. No <laughs> one's paying money for that dick. You want that dick, you just save some time, dude. Use your pinky finger. But um, on the real, we dude, you know how they have Dollar Shave Club? We should do the yeah. same thing with condoms, where we send people a box of condoms. You know what I mean? Like... Remember, remember when we were people remember, would buy them. Dude, remember when we were fifteen? Gucci brand, that would be sick. Dude, remember yeah. when we were fifteen and we were embarrassed to buy condoms? Mm-hmm. You know, you go to the store and you worry you're gonna run into your fucking pastor or something at King Supers and they were gonna incinerate you if they saw you buying condoms. What would you do if you reach for them and your pastor also reached for them and then they like held your hand on it and just like looked at you? Would you wink? That's what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Rader was a fucking religious leader. They're about to get into that. So I'm Clinton. I'm Jake. Gotta. And you're listening to Goochers. This is episode 22, and it will also be episode 23. We're going to break it up. Um, but I just want to legit thank you guys for sticking around for Goochers for so many episodes, especially the listeners and Jake and Carter. Carter's actually doing work now, which is dope. I'm pretty impressed as our intern that he's he did. He wrote four pages of this 13-page story that he told us he started three weeks ago, and then he started... <laughs> Six days ago, I Dude, appreciate. Do you know the panic I felt when <laughs> you guys were like sending me the BTK link? I was like, "Oh fuck!" Three weeks ago, I was like, "Okay, got away on that one," but I was like, "I do need to write it" because <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I was working on it." And then when I, I like, clicked on it, I was expecting like a bunch of shit, and then I was like, looked at it, I was like, "I think he sent the wrong one." Did you fucking anything on it? And then so, uh, <laughs> but so, I definitely like because <laughs> I said that one time I was like, "Oh, I was working on BTK." Because we were supposed to be like doing it. They were like, no, we're doing a Lisa Lamb. 
I was like, oh, yeah, sorry, I was working on BTK. Oh, on. yeah, see, that's why I thought yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he had already been working on an episode. <laughs> so I thought this was almost done. I thought it was buttoned up, and we'd have to, like, cross a few T's and dot a few I's. And then we got in there, and it's like, Gucci's episode 21. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I started it. Yeah, I was, like, so sick. And then just copy and pasted that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we work off a Google Doc every fucking week. We type up the stories before, and then sometimes it's a mad rush to the end and get it posted like today. Like we wrote that all real quick. You know what I wish Google docs don't say who did what (laughs) leave that anonymous. (laughs) Don't worry. It doesn't do a lot of work on that. And for you, bro, it's always like, what did Carter do? Nothing. No, I know that's why I I wanted to be anonymous. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know you could see that. Yeah. You can not see edit history and there's no offer Carter, but this episode, you wrote four pages, which is the most, that's, that's double what he's ever written for all the other episodes combined. Including, yeah, yeah. Times two. And so, no, he wrote that one. I yeah, he did write that one. I was just busting. Heimweiss. Oh, yeah, that was my story. Oh, yeah, Heimweiss. Yeah. Top top rated episode. Yep. It's it actually, wasn't. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. Episode eight's a good episode. But uh, so before we get started, I want to give a couple shout outs to people who have sent us DMs on Instagram. And you know what? Honestly, it's a big wind in our sails. Like, it makes me feel good that people like what we're doing and then I think that we're worth fucking typing a message out to. So, Lauren, Amber, Jocelyn, Katie, Chloe, and Hull. Thanks for reaching out. And fuck, man, it means so much to us that people give a shit about what we're doing. Feel free, please, like, send us scary stories, drink ideas, criticisms. Let us know if you like what we're doing. Or if we have any advice or criticism, we'll hear that too. Send that right to Carter. If you do have scary story ideas, uh, just some ideas for you. It could be something real that happened to you, like something creepy, somebody following you. Or it could be... Um, fan fiction, or it could be just the story you made up. Have you ever walked down a tunnel? <laughs> tunnel be a fuck. Here we all damn. That's or did you run into Daryl? <laughs> Dude, fuck yeah, that's such a good story. You were just so you could. Or have you ever served a pizza in a really scary? Ooh. There's been a couple of pizza stories. I'm <laughs> <laughs> for a pizza story this week. So follow us at Gucci Podcast at Instagram. Um, follow us at Gucci Podcast on Twitter, and send us. Feel free to send us um, emails on either or direct messages on either or Gucci's Podcast at gmail.com. We have a shitload of references I want to acknowledge before we get going, just because we use so many different sources for this story. Um, we used uh, Murderpedia, well, like Wikipedia articles with trial quotes, a biography article about Dennis Rader, um, Oxygen, the, the network, I think. Um, the, oh, the Wichita Eagle had various articles we pulled from. BTK Raider. Can you imagine? Under the radar. Surviving BTK. We're pulling information from both Murderpedia and Oxygen. <laughs> yeah. And the two, what's next? Teen Vogue? <laughs> and then one thing that I didn't write down in the book that I listened to is called Bind, Torture, Kill. The Inside Story of BTK, the next, or the Serial Killer Next Door by Roy Wenzel, Tim Potter, L. Kelly, and Hearst Laviana. Dude, that was Tom Potter that did that? Yeah. Do you know his son? Harry? <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry! I thought you were... Boom! All right. I think they're all from... I think at least a couple of... I know Laviana's from the Eagle oh. in Wichita. It it's focuses on the police along with Raider yeah. and like what the police went through through this whole thing. It's about 50-50 like Raider and the police, so it's pretty interesting. Damn. Point of the story is Jake actually does the actual research <laughs> and we use Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't fucking lump me in with Carter, bro. I was, I was typing shit in. Clint was there in Wichita when this was all happening. He got the real life. Like, Wichita. What's that called? Like first person evidence? Uh, point of view? No, POV? not point of view. 
That's, like, with a, that's a porn cover. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wichita, there's a really popular joke from Ron White. And he said, uh, all the people that were beautiful and hardworking, they made their ways in covered wagons over the mountains to California. All the fucking quitters who saw the Rocky Mountains and said, fuck that, you end up with Wichita. And <laughs> dude, it made me laugh <laughs> so hard. All these people are victims, so we're not going to joke about that. That's serious. Can you imagine yeah. traveling thousands and thousands of miles? The land of Wichita. Wichita. <laughs> oh, I've never been to Wichita. It's actually pretty big. It's like 300,000 people that live there. Really? Did you Google mm-hmm. that or do you know that? No, I know that. Wow. How? By Googling it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so all these people are victims. You know, one thing I hate about a lot of true crime, they try and glorify these guys. These guys are pieces of shit. I fucking, all these killers we talk about, whenever we do talk about killers, which isn't all the time, fuck them. I don't, they're not like people, some call them like the great ones. I'm like, dude, the great ones. How about the fucking loser incels? Who had a problem with their dick, so they had to fucking go out and start slaying people. Fuck these people, dude. The chick that fucking married Richard Ramirez. What a fucking psych, dude. What a bunch of fucking red flags. How many guys fucking swiped left on her that she's like, I'm gonna marry Richard Ramirez. Anyway, my point is, is that we're not my gonna... My point joke. is, is that there's always someone. There's always someone. <laughs> there's this someone goes, for everyone. This goes yeah, into our ad for CanadianHumpers.com. But, uh, so... Uh, so, um, we're never going to joke about the, the victims, but we are going to fucking roast the shit out of pretty much everything else, including each other. And the Eagle, the Wichita Eagle, published over 800 pieces about BTK from the beginning until he was finally caught. They spent thousands on transcripts of court proceedings. They won many journalism awards for their work. They had a complicated relationship with the police. Sometimes working together to catch BTK and sometimes fighting over what needed to be told to the public. A letter to Hearst Laviana Laviana. Laviana announced the emergence of BTK in 2004. Through the head of the Eagles classifieds, BTK was finally tricked into capture in 2005. Um, But in 2004, like when BTK got really big, there's like internet chat site opened up and like the internet was starting to become really prominent. And like on this really popular web chatting site it was kind of like the reddit of 2004 the most popular one was finding btk there was like twenty thousand posts on it and shit and then wichita kansas were keeping like a close eye on that because if like btk was also reading that and like finding out stuff from that and there was like it was like a group of people trying to figure out it's crazy oh that's crazy in 2005 all i wanted was a game boy color sb and i got it i'm sorry on july 26 2005 after raider's arrest his wife was granted an emergency divorce waiving the normal waiting period in an interview with abc in 2019 his daughter carrie said she still writes to her father and has now forgiven him but still struggles to reconcile him with the btk killer stating her childhood seemed normal and they were abnormal american family dennis raider was born on march 9th 1945 from paris dorothea may raider and william elvin raider in the small town of pittsburgh kansas located in southeast kansas near the missouri border I want all of our listeners at home or wherever the fuck you may be and ask them all states that border Kansas because dead ass none of us here at Goochers could. I could name them all. Name them all. Missouri, Nebraska, Arkansas, and then the one on the left. Arkansas is, is not there. Colorado? Is that Colorado border? No. Kansas? Maybe. I think it does, dude. <laughs> I think it does. Oh, you're wrong. What is it? Oh, you're right about Colorado. Arkansas is not. What is the other one? It's Colorado, Nebraska. Montana and Oklahoma. Okay, he's looking at some fucking weird map because there's no way. Oh no, Missouri, Missouri. Missouri, (laughs) (laughs) I know, but I was like, dude, it makes no sense that Missouri is M O. Missouri. Yeah, 
Dante. <laughs> like, run. like, holy shit. What the fuck? Our geography teacher's rolling in her fucking, in her apartment. She's still alive. She's not dead. I'd say rolling in her apartment. She's still alive. I like she how you, I saw I like how you made a point that the geography teacher lives in an apartment. <laughs> Dude, she remember she yelled at me once really bad because I laughed. I was in the library and I was in the, I was in the section of, I was looking at fucking aquarium books. I don't know why. I thought it was, I don't know. I thought it was cool. And there was a book about sperm whales. And she asked me, she's like, what are you interested in? And I saw the book that said sperm whales. And I started laughing, dude, uncontrollably. And it was so awkward. She kicked me out of the library, dude. <laughs> but he spent most of his childhood growing up in a bigger town of Wichita, Kansas, which is actually, uh, you know, pretty famous for its subpar college basketball team and also being R. Kelly's hometown. Really? No, I made that up. Uh, really? <laughs> I was like, there's something. They, 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 they do have a good college Pop, basketball team. Popping yeah. fresh out to Doesn't it seem like R. Kelly is from Wichita, though? Mama rolling that body. Like, I, I wanted to do that as like a social experiment to see how shocked you guys were. And you guys weren't shocked. I think he's from St. Louis in real life. Really? I could be wrong. I don't know. Chicago, maybe? <laughs> I saw on um, the one surviving R. Kelly, I said where he was from. He's from the project. Just thing. follow the smell of piss and you'll be able to find it. He him. can't read. Fuck. How bad would that suck to be a millionaire that can't read? R. Kelly yeah. can't read. He can't read good. He talked about it in his interview. Oh, man. I can't well, read, bitch. Can't read well. Jake, I'm going to take a shit inside of your car. You don't make fun of someone reading good. Oh, <laughs> no. right, Carter, listen, 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 listen. I edited your fucking four pages you wrote. You shouldn't be bragging about reading good either. I don't think you know what a fucking you edited or in- oh. indent is. Do you know what indent is, Carter? This shit was looking like it was like looking at the Torah, bro. It's all fucking no spacing. It's crazy. Raider was one of four children. His brothers are Paul, Bill, and Jeff Raider. Raider says that he felt ignored as a child because of the long hours his parents worked. He said he felt particularly ignored by his mother and ended up resenting her for it. From a young age, Dennis had sadistic sexual fantasies about women. Raider acted out sexual fantasy or fetishes for voyeurism, autoerotic asphyxiation, and cross-dressing. He would spy on neighbors when wearing women's clothing, including stolen underwear. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine being in the neighborhood? You're like, what's in the trees? Like, Oh, it's that fucking kid. Hey, Dennis, get out of there with your mama's panties on your head. <laughs> you, your mom's just like looking for your babe. God damn it, Dennis. He was not wearing them on his head. You been in the tree again? Yeah, oh, he's definitely wearing them. Um, and he would masturbate with ropes around his arms and neck. Dude, I, I'm not for all, like early like killing. <laughs> that kid should have been killed. <laughs> like I, I, I'm, When I was in like, I don't know, maybe fifth grade. I thought magicians were cool. And so for my birthday, I asked magicians them, are cool. I got a magician kit and I was like trying to do all these fucking creative magician stuff. And then I got a regular bike lock. It's not a magician's bike lock. And I bike locked my head to my grandma's kitchen chair. <laughs> <laughs> and my grandma was too old. She couldn't read the numbers on the bike lock. So I had to fucking stick with my head to the chair for like a half hour while my cousin drove over and fucking was able to get me out of the bike lock. <laughs> <laughs> it was not very David Copperfield. <laughs> it sucked ass, actually. On my grandma's fucking wooden chair with my head, fucking bike lock. <laughs> you heard that story before. I've never heard that before. <laughs> it's true. That's it hilarious. True. <laughs> he was also wearing makeup. And he was like, call me Clinton Angel. <laughs> <laughs> what was that guy's name? Chris, Chris Angel. Angel. <laughs> yeah. I am a mind freak. <laughs> Dude, I went, to, I, I went to a Chris Angel live show. 
actually super fucking late. If you have a chance to go, how see old Creed, were you? I was probably like twelve. 11. I thought for sure you'd say nineteen, dude. dude. I was gonna ask. It you. was in Las Vegas, and holy shit, what a show! It was actually insane. And I don't want to. And we might have to edit this part out. <laughs> but when I, when we got the tickets, that we were the last ones. And it was kind of that weird, like, stadium seating, but, you know... You said you were crippled to get a fucking seat. No, but I did get the crippled seat. (laughs) How? I don't know. We were the last ones. Yeah. But it was the best seats in the house. (laughs) And, like... like, (laughs) They saw him, he's like, he got born with two sets of kneecaps, this long motherfucker. But, like, oh, those seats were involved in the show, too. So, like, we got to, like, participate and shit. Wait, how did participate? (laughs) I don't even remember. Like, it was, like, them coming up and doing the tricks on us and shit. But it's probably just to, like, make the disabled kid that would normally sit there feel better. But I was like, you know. It was sick though. We had someone to leg room and shit. I bet. I bet, dude. That's so insane. Yeah, it, it, it is. It really is. <laughs> Early in his childhood, Raider admitted that he was heavily into harming animals, which is called zoo sadism, which is unsurprisingly a common trend of future serial killers, including Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, and Albert DeSalvo, which is the Boston Strangler, and even Luca Magnata, which is from he's in the uh, documentary "Don't Fuck with Cats." These killers were all famously intrigued at injuring animals prior to their eventual reign of terror. This trait is sadly usually written off as being boys being boys, but this trend has been studied, and even though it seems obvious, it's a confirmed sign of future psychopaths. Ironically, in his childhood, BTK grew increasingly fond of sexual bondage. Honestly, when I hear boys be boys, I think about boys eating roly polies and ants. I don't think of them being like in a tree masturbating at the neighbors. Like, Yo, why don't you slap the shit out of your kid? I don't know that's not the solution, but I don't think it would have hurt. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't slap a kid. You slap him. He's like, dude, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that shit. <laughs> Which we're going to hear more about in just a second. So there's a theory called the triad theory or the McDonald triad. This suggests there are three signs that can indicate whether someone will grow up to be a serial killer. This is similar, but not the same as the McDonald's triad theory, which suggests you might grow up to be a fat fuck. Wow, Carter. I didn't write that. You wrote that, Jake? Jake's the last man of some of us all. Cancel Jake. Cancel Jake. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. So the triads theory includes being cruel or abusive to animals, especially pets, setting fire to objects or committing acts of arson, and regularly bedwetting. This theory has been somewhat proven in studies, but there's really no way to definitively say the triad makes someone a serial killer. Mindhunter, which follows FBI profiler John Douglas, recently popularized the idea that certain violent behaviors could lead to murder. It's like, no shit, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, killing fucking cats. Dude, not to mention, they talk about, like, this is the first time we've heard about serial killers when they're talking about Mindhunter. But, dude, we did, like, Eliza Grimwood, the Boston Strangler. H.H. Holmes before this. Yeah, there were so many Fuck, serial killers before this. Yeah, I don't know why they say dude, that. Dude, and Mindhunter. Oh, dude, I watched that show and it's like, that show's good, but there's no likable characters. I shut it off after the second season. It's like, it, dude, oh, for real, dude? It's so good. I feel like it smells like a microwave when I watch that show. It looks so fucking, I don't know. It smells like cigarettes. I like the yeah, how older do you smell cop. a microwave? I don't know. It smells like warm grossness. I don't know. Dude, you don't like Mindhunter? No, dude. Dude, Mindhunter's so good. There's a, what, name a likable character in Mindhunter. The like chubby the, cop? Maybe. Yeah, the older cop. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. But his kid's a fucking psycho. Did you get to the part where... He killed, he killed something? Didn't he kill something? Yeah. Like an animal? Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's in their car like, God damn it! Anyway, 
Where oh, sorry. So, um, <laughs> so uh, John Douglas re- recently popularized the idea that certain violent behaviors can lead to murder. After decades of research, profilers have found there are some factors that can be linked to murderous behavior, which sounds ridiculous. This mostly relates to people who exhibit traits of sociopathy. Murderous behavior. Like, what the fuck is that? Isn't that you're just murdering? Yeah. Like, what like, is murderous behavior? I think it's like, like, a, like a chewing on the remote control or like flipping the lights too aggressively. Murderous dog. Like, the only thing that makes sense is like killing animals as a, as a kid. That's murderous behavior, I guess. But like the other stuff, that's not murderous behavior. You know what I mean? I don't know, dude. I knew a guy that would go to McDonald's and fill up his soda and would let it overflow. And I remember thinking, something's wrong. Yeah, people are off. Like, you <laughs> <laughs> say, like, that guy's weird, but. Some predictors are demonstrating no <laughs> boundaries. Kelly over there. <laughs> Fuck you, Carter! <laughs> Fuck you, tall bitch! I wish Fuck I knew you. an R. Kelly song. Ugh, you remind me of the fucking, that tall tree monster in Lord of the Fucking Rings that pussies out until, like, halfway through the fucking movie? Fuck you, oh, you son of a bitch. Anyway. It's the remix to Ignition. Popping fresh out to the kitchen. Mama rolling this body got everybody in your wish. After decades of research, profilers have a sorry. Anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> so read to that remix ignition beat. <laughs> I don't do Some predictors are demonstrating no boundaries in regards to other people, having no ability to tell between right and wrong, no signs of remorse, <laughs> repeated pathological lying, manipulating or harming others, repeatedly breaking the law, no regard for rules around safety, strong self-love. Quick to anger or overly sensitive, displaying a sur- superficial, displaying a superficial charm. Dude, this could be an Instagram influencer or a local politician. <laughs> There's so many sociopaths. Tell us about Dr. Ramsbad. Ramsland. Yeah, I actually don't <laughs> know what her name is. Carter. 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 You won't fake my Trump. It is definitely but not it, it won't stop me from trying to push you there. You tall son of a bitch. Fuck you. <laughs> Clint's like a mix of um, Floyd Mayweather and R. Kelly. Yo, I just give it, I'll box you up. This is the fucking moral of the story. Yeah. All right? And piss Listen. on my sheets. <laughs> and sing you a beautiful song. Listen, I'm just taking a shot. I'm back here drinking. Fuck you, Carter. We've had a drink. Sparkling water. What is it? Hold on. What's that shot? <laughs> it's cool seltzer. I'm pouring it in the little glass. I thought you took a shot of vodka. Yeah. No, I have taken a couple shots of vodka. Take one right now. I'm good. We, we still get to see the story. I'm going yeah, to wait till episode. Jake, I bet it goes to like a rate here. <laughs> no. I, it, go, it has to go down more than that. Here, pour one shot, Clinton. This is just, for science. Just pour it out. You don't have to drink it really. For science. For science. For science. Dude, and there's another one Clinton's going to request to cut out. <laughs> no, I'm talking about you, Carter. I would never do that thing. Oh, fuck. Damn. You're right. <laughs> Let's see when he sets it down. Boom. Right to the tip. God damn. Well, feels good to be right. Anyway, Dr. Ramsland. <laughs> Doesn't happen often here in the Gucci's fucking garage. Is it Romsland or Ramsland? Carter. I'm Don't ask Ramsland. Carter. Carter's fucking I'm asking both of you. It's Ramsland. Do Carter sniff, dude, Carter sniffs <laughs> gasoline confident. when he's pumping gas. He's absolutely... <laughs> so Dr. Ramsland, a forensic psychologist who had extensive correspondence with Raider said Raider's grudge against his mom became apparent in one creepy situation during Raider's childhood. One day, Dorothea had gotten her ring caught on a couch spring, and she was unable to get her hand out. She was terrified and told Dennis to go get help. Raider said it was exciting to him to see a woman helpless, 
And this was the beginning of his ideas about women and that what he wanted was to keep them trapped and helpless and looking at him in terror. That was Who needs hooked on bonks now, you dude, typing bitch, dude, Carter? We all do bitch. You wrote that. Yeah. I didn't write that. I wrote it. Oh, <laughs> so. By the way, that's like the epitome of the, help me, stepbrother. <laughs> I'm stuck in the drain. I'm stuck in the drain. <laughs> My ring's stuck in this couch. So really, he was ahead My of his time. The image of his terrified mother was imprinted on his mind, and that was the image he was always going for during his murders. In Ramsland's book, Confession of a Serial Killer, the untold story of Dennis Rader, the BTK killer, that's such a fucking long name. She also mentions that early on, Raider started cutting out pieces of female figures from magazine advertisements. He would draw ropes and gags on the pictures and paste them on three by five index cards that he would carry around with him. Dennis would also get aroused when he was spanked and when he would see chickens waiting to get slaughtered. There was a book that belonged to his father about the lonely hearts killers that Dennis would often masturbate to. Do you know what I just thought of that always has always really significantly bothered me? Because you know how we call him the BTK killer? Have you ever seen those people that type R.I.P. in peace? Like oh. on Facebook, they do a rip in peace. It's like, dude, it rest in peace, nuts. in peace. <laughs> and I've talked about this a lot. Like ATM machine is automated teller machine machine or uh, <laughs> American National Bank. Is it better? Yeah, it's A and B bank and it says underneath the sign it says bank. So it's A and B bank bank. American yeah. National <laughs> Bank bank. American <laughs> National Bank bank. Dude, they got that so much. They've officially changed the name. It's not American National Bank anymore. It just stands for A and B. The A and B stands for nothing. Because I brought it up to one of the tellers once. They like, actually changed the name. I was like, really? Yeah. People kept saying that. Like, okay. <laughs> it got really fucking annoying. Yeah. Can you imagine being a teller at that bank? Being like, here comes this guy again. Hey, did you know? <laughs> like, this 1994 Toyota Camry door doesn't even open all the fucking way. Fuck this idiot. <laughs> Uh, Look at this guy, logo branding expert. Dude, what would you do if your kid, if your kid was doing this shit? Wouldn't you try and get him help or something? Nah, I, you're from so. Wyoming. I don't. I'm not I'm back not then. They didn't do that stuff. There's actually a story. I, it was it was in the book that I listened to, but I couldn't find where it was to re-listen to it. But his mom caught Dennis either masturbating or with uh, women's clothing on, and so she like got pissed at him and started spanking him. He, Dude, that's not what you do. If you see a kid in women's clothing masturbating, you do not spank them. Like that's just that's, Well, he ended up getting obvious. so she did spank him. He ended up getting a boner and she's like, oh God. <laughs> like, what the fuck did she expect? <laughs> yeah. After graduating yeah, from high school in 1963, Dennis went to Kansas Wesleyan College for two semesters, but then later joined the Air Force in 1966. Raider was then sent to Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas for basic training and spent time at Shepard Air Force Base in Wichita Falls, Texas for technical training. In 1967, he was transferred to the Berkeley Air Force Base in Mobile, Alabama and stayed until 1968. He was then sent to Kadena Air Force Base in Okinawa, where he stayed for six months. Finally, he later moved to Japan, stationed in Tachikawa Air Base, located close to Tokyo. <laughs> uh, ice cream truck? No way. That's wind chimes. Oh. We have wind chimes on the porch. Oh. Damn. Why are you so pumped? <laughs> Listen, if you <laughs> can't breathe through better. your fucking nose, how are you going to eat ice cream? <laughs> um, he stayed in that area base until 1970, when he ended his service. He also claims to have spent time in Turkey, Greece, during his stint with the Air Force. Raider was a highly successful Air Force member, obtaining the rank of sergeant and even earned the Air Force Good Conduct Medal, the Small Arms Expert Marksmanship Ribbon, and also the National Defense Service Medal. 
He worked on the installation of antenna equipment, among other tasks. And former service members were completely shocked at Dennis Rader's transformation into BTK. After being discharged from active duty, he returned to Wichita but served two more years on the reserves. Dude, imagine how many kids you know that if they ended up being BTK, like, oh, I could see it. You know what I mean? Like, I make <laughs> yeah. you feel worse. I'd rather them be surprised than be like, oh, I'm surprised they just found out. That guy's a fucking psycho. So on May 22nd, 1971, Raider married his wife, Paula Dietz. Dietz? Paula Dietz. Mm-hmm. Paula was from the same area and shared the same religious beliefs. Doesn't she sound like a spokeswoman for like a weight loss pill? She was pretty, actually. Paula Diet. (laughs) Yeah, no, she was pretty, though. They they ended up settling in Park City, not far from Raider's childhood home in North Wichita. Upon his discharge, Raider ended up working at a meat department at a supermarket. I shit you not, here in City Market in Colorado, they used to have a sign up in the meat department, and it would show who the meat manager was, and like... A lady's picture <laughs> under it. And I always wanted to page you. Me and my dad would go back there. Every time I went to see the market, we go back there just to see the photo and fucking lose it laughing. And dude, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure we're not the only ones because they don't have to sign up anymore. But it was like, meet manager, Linda Schwartz dinner, whatever. <laughs> it's, like, it's so fucking funny though, dude. The meat manager. I wish you, oh man, that was so much fun. I was so fucking immature. Anyway, so uh, uh, he was the meat manager department at the supermarket where his mother was a bookkeeper. Raider attended Butler County Community College in El Dorado, earning an associate's degree in electronics in 1973. He then enrolled at Wichita State University and graduated in 1979 with a bachelor's degree in administration of justice. So this dude's like a criminal justice guy, which helps him later on in life because he's a fucking perv. So Raider, Raider briefly worked at the Coleman Outdoor Company. They made canoes and also outdoor gear. I actually have a canoe from the 1980s from Coleman. Hope he didn't work on it because that'd be fucking whack. From there, you just see like a really weird hole in it. <laughs> <laughs> from there, the, from there, he got a job with ADT Security Services from 1974 to 1988. Raider was a field operations supervisor for the Wichita area in 1989, and then in May 1991, Raider became a fucking dog catcher and compliance officer in Park City. There were numerous stories about Dennis Raider being overzealous and extremely strict as a compliance officer often harassing single women. Dude, there was one story I read about where he was like busting this lady's balls and like telling her to get rid of her boyfriend in an area he was working with. He's like, you need to get rid of your boyfriend. And she's like, no, like he's okay. And it's like, cause that dude was like scouting her to fucking get slayed. And I don't know what that boyfriend was doing. He's pro- she brought her boyfriend was probably just fucking ripped and he wanted nothing to do with it. So Raider was a member. And well, that lady, the lady, um, I think you're talking about. He let her dog out, like he would complain oh, yeah. about her dog, and he let her dog out. She thinks because her dog got out, and he's like, "Hey, your dog got out, and we had to put him at the pound." And I don't know if it's the same lady. He put a couple dogs down, but um, he like let her know that she, the dog was at the pound, and then she went to the pound and like tried to get her dog out. And they're like, "Oh, you're gonna have to talk to Dennis to get your dog out." And but Dennis was gone. She came back and they put her dog down. By the time she got back. That's so fucking crazy. Yeah. Dude, how crazy is it there are people that kidnap your dog and then charge you a ransom to get it back? That's oh, yeah, fucking it's crazy, fucked up. dude. Yeah. I get if it's happened like five times and they're like, okay, like we're wasting a lot of manpower like trying to get your or dog. Or if he's fucking like, scary, if he's like off the chain, but if he's a friendly dog, you're like, what does it cost? Dude, uh, yeah. my sister's friend, she lives in San Francisco. She had this Australian, what are those called? Shepherd. Australian Shepherd. Uh-huh. Like it was a six month old puppy and it got stolen right outside of a grocery store. 
And she spent like 20 grand on getting that dog back, doing like news articles. She got a plane that had like the ribbon behind it looking for the dog. Found it six months later in a Los Angeles shelter. And like LA is like, what, 10 hours away from San Francisco? But they confirmed it was that dog because they scanned the chip of it. Six months later, and she got her dog back. She yeah. bought a biplane? Well, she didn't like, not like for like f- future use. She just did it yeah. like a one day thing. I understand. Yeah. The ad space. I, yeah. I'm not thinking she's fucking Snoopy from Charlie Brown. <laughs> I understand she got the ad space, but still, fuck, you must love your dog. Bro. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Couldn't it, she just track the chip, though? If it had a chip? Well, <laughs> maybe. I don't uh, know. Yeah. So, Raider was a member and elected president of the church council at Christ Lutheran Church. He was also a boy. Uh, Cub Scout leader. Tell them boys sent you. Yo, the Gucci's, the Gucci's boys are actually been look, talking about looking for a van for a while now. And there's they're selling a, a bus that used to be a Boy Scout bus. Dude, it's in Colbrick, pretty close to where we record. Clint's really yeah. wanted to sell candy for a while. I got to so bad. You have to take a shot of That's my third shot, dude. Fuck you. So tell us about the Otero family, Jake. The Otero family, January 15th, 1974. When Paula got a job at the Veterans Administration in the area, Dennis would often drive Paula to and from work because she didn't like driving in the snow. Once he dropped her off, he would occasionally drive around town to observe women. He claimed to develop fantasies of binding, torturing, and killing these women as he would drive past. These fantasies would soon turn into reality. One of these drives to the Veterans Administration, he noticed the Hispanic family, Julie Otero and her daughter Josephine, or Josie, which is what she goes by, Dennis admitted to having a specific desire for Hispanic women, admiring their beauty and dark hair. Been there. Dennis began Have to you ever seen those like, very like, slow motion of like when the girl flips her hair? We should do one of you doing that. <laughs> oh, dude. And your hair doesn't flip. <laughs> it, you know, it would get, people would get pregnant when they saw it, dude. I got luscious locks, dude. You don't even, I got shit you never even know. You look like hair. the Kmart Fabio. <laughs> Dennis began to stalk Julie Otero, he knew she dropped off her younger kids at 8.45, and then it took her seven minutes to get home. Her husband usually left for work around 8 a.m. After developing a so-called hit kit, which included a gun, cords, knives, plastic bags, and various tools for breaking and entering, a trend we are starting to notice in our serial killer stories is that the first planned attack is the most thought-out attack. Serial killers tend to get sloppy and careless as they continue their killings. Also comparable to the first time Clinton had sex, now he's just sloppy and careless, which is true. At least I'm having sex, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I, I knew you were going to try something. Dennis I wish was, you would try something. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis was 28 at the time, and he was getting really into his fantasies. He had nicknamed his penis Sparky Big Time, also known as SBT. What? That's so fucking weird. Dude, if I was a girl and a guy was cute, even if he looked like Channing Tatum, He's like, get ready for Sparky big time. Like, whoa, whoa, hold up. <laughs> if you don't have sparklers in your back pocket, I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> like, that's such a fucking weird thing to say. Just Sparky. immediately just, all right. <laughs> hold up. I'm pulling these panties right back up. <laughs> He's like, hey, hold on. Can you give me those panties before you go? <laughs> <laughs> On January 15th, after keeping close track of the Oteros, Dennis decided to go through with his first mission. Dude, how is your nickname not... Sparky big time Carter. It's so <laughs> crazy. Anyway, sorry, Jerry. You just called me the embodiment of Dennis Raider's fucking penis. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. This guy has a little dick. All, all these serial killers, dude, almost always. That's like the main component of them being weird, dude. Little dick syndrome, for sure. 
Nice. I'm not a psychologist, but a little dick syndrome. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I like you. <laughs> you read like a librarian. You read good. Carter reads like he grew up in Wyoming. And I read like everything's a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> R. Kelly over there. I have to reread a lot, though. <laughs> you don't call me that. There's a lot of other bad stuff going on. I don't want people that fucking associate me with that. All right, dude. Can we call him Clint Kelly? No, call me not good reader. So Zoolander. There's a million people that don't read with R. Fucking R. Kelly. Yo, piss ball. Read well, <laughs> Dude, stop saying read well. Fuck you. you, 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 you fuck you. Whoa, read a book, dude. All right, dude you your name is Readwell, and your fucking nickname is Sparky Big Time. There's no fucking way you guys are not getting away with that, dude. Sparky Small Time. <laughs> Come on, dude. Sparky Small Time, dude. Oh, man. But can we get a bumper? Can you, you should get like a license plate made that's Sparky Small Time. What, what's the, like, SBT? <laughs> Glenn's DBT? Or what, what is that called? Like those, the acronym? No, like the 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 letters. No, what are you trying to describe, you fucker? What's the school, dude? You, dude, listen. I'm sorry, dude. You, you, you look like a fucking pro. You are absolutely the AR-15 fucking sketchy kid on the news at 11 o'clock, dude. Carter, incel, dude, incel. He said he never had luck with women, and you're like. Oh, fuck, what's going on? They found a list in Clint's locker. Did you know that? Yeah, a list of fucking girls that I had crushes on. Not like yours, you fucking psychopath. Was Eat it just story. the yearbook? Yeah. <laughs> 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 fuck you, Carter. God damn, that was a good one. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't have to type it out on the Word document like the rest of your fucking show. Joseph Otero Sr. had retired as a technical sergeant in the U.S. Air Force. The family had moved to Wichita, Kansas, because there are so many huge airplane manufacturing companies in the area. Joseph worked on airplanes and taught flying at Cookfield. The Oteros had been in Wichita for about 10 weeks at this time, and they enjoyed the close-knit and trusting community. The big airplane companies liked to hire young people in the surrounding area that grew up on farms because they had been working on equipment from an early age. These workers brought their farm sensibilities with them to the city. The Oteros, on the other hand, had more of a New York attitude about safety. They got a dog, which they named Lucky. Is she old Lucky? She's a star. But she cry, cry, cry in the lonely nights thinking if there's something missing in my life, then why do these tears come in? You know that song? Lucky by Britney Spears? There's a girl in it. Carter doesn't know anything about it. <laughs> Free Britney, by the way. Free Britney, yeah. Can we talk about the fact that they named their dog Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> that was, was Jake's stripper name. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Still is. Well, they weren't so lucky. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, the dog wow. was okay. Yeah, the dog made it out. Fuck y'all. So Lucky was a good family dog, but he hated strangers and often barked and growled at neighbors when they walked by. Joseph Otero had been a boxer in Spanish Harlem, and Julie had taken classes in judo. A few days earlier, Joseph had wrecked his car and broken a few ribs. This meant the family was only down to one car. On the morning of the 15th, Joseph dropped off his older kids at school before 8 a.m. and then came back home and was planning on taking the kids, the younger kids, to school after they had breakfast. Because, because Joseph had broken ribs, he wasn't able to go to work. Dennis Rader showed up to the Otero house a little after 8 a.m. From his observations, he thought that Joseph Sr. would be back at work, leaving only Julie, Josephine, and Joseph Jr. at home. He planned on killing the boy and the mother, but Josephine was who he was really after. He parked a couple blocks away from the Otero's home. 
When he got there, he was surprised to see paw prints in the backyard. He wasn't planning on dealing with the dog, but he decided to continue with his plan. Raider cut the telephone line and tried to open the back door, but it was locked. Suddenly, Joseph Jr. opened the back door with the dog. Dennis pulled out his gun and ushered the boy and the dog into the kitchen. To his dismay, the man of the home, Joseph, I call him Joe, Joseph Otero Sr. <laughs> they were close. <laughs> I know. Uh, Joseph Otero Sr. was sitting in the kitchen along with Julie and her daughter Josephine. Dennis ordered Joey to take the family dog into the backyard while pointing a gun at the family. He lied to the family, telling them that he needed money, food, and a car to escape because he was a wanted criminal. This is what happened, according to Dennis Raider's confession, which you can find on YouTube. Raider first asked them to lie down in the living room, but decided that was a bad idea. He then took all of them into one of the bedrooms. He tied them up, and it might sound crazy that he was able to control all four of them by himself. But because they thought they were just being robbed, they were more likely just hoping that if they complied, that Dennis would leave them unharmed. Unfortunately, that wasn't Raider's plan. Yeah, which makes sense. I would do the same thing, probably. If my family was home and stuff, and a guy was like, hey, I'm wanted, he has a gun, and he's like, I just want to take your money and take your car. I'd be like, okay, that's fine. Dude, he's lucky it wasn't fucking Patches, my sister's dog. Because my fucking sister's dog, if someone tried to control him, including my sister, he wouldn't know what his name was being called, and he'd just bite the shit out of the stranger. Oh, yeah, I don't think it was, I don't know what kind of dog it was. I don't think it was like a huge dog. And also at the time, Joseph Sr. was a boxer and stuff, so he could have kicked Dennis's ass. But since he was injured, he couldn't do a whole lot. Straight up, dude. Like, listen, Dennis Rader looks like his skin is cheese thin. I feel like I feel like you could spread him over fucking bread. That guy is so weak. What a oh, dude. He looks dude in his in his interview and his like in all of his court interviews. He's wearing a white suit. If he had a full head of hair and it wasn't pepper with like white and black, if it was all white, he'd look like the fucking colonel. You could whip his fucking smelly ass into the sewer so hard. I would stomp his ass, dude. I'd piss on his face. I'm telling you, I would whip that dude's ass to qualms. But I also only saw him when he was an old man. Maybe when he was young, he was a little bit stronger. But as an old man, not impressed. Dude, we should sign you up for the, what's that? What's that YouTube? Rough and Rowdy? No, Street Beef. <laughs> street beef. <laughs> Have you seen Street Beef? Uh, no. What? Look up Street Beefs. I think it's street beef. Is it it's beef a, jerky? No, it's the one where the, it's like the MMA fighting in like a backyard. After tying them up, the family began to complain about being in pain from the bindings. So Raider had to adjust a few times. Well, what a nice guy. Joseph Sr. was in pain from his broken ribs, so Raider gave him a pillow for his head and put a jacket underneath him. In his confession, Raider says briefly that he went ahead and made the decision to kill the family because if he wasn't wearing a mask, they would be able to ID him. But this is total horse shit. Raider put a plastic bag on Joe Sr.'s head and tied straps around the bags. He then strangled Miss Otero and Josephine. He thought they were dead, but they had just passed out. He then put a bag on Joe Jr.'s head and tied it. Miss um, Otero then woke up back up and told him not to hurt her son, so he took the bag off of Joe Jr.'s head. He then went back to Miss Otero. He strangled her again with a rope, this time killing her. Mr. Otero had torn a hole a hole in the bag on his head while all this was happening. So Raider put a t-shirt over his head and then he tied another bag on top so that he wouldn't be able to tear another hole in the bag. Mr. Otero eventually died from all of this, but Raider doesn't know how long it actually took. He then took Joseph Joseph Jr. into another room and did the same thing. He put a t-shirt over his head and then tied a bag over it. When he got back to the original room, he found Josephine had woken back up. He took Josephine to the basement, put a noose around her neck, and hung her from a sewer pipe where she died. 
Dennis said after he finished killing the Oteros, he followed the right-hand rule and cleaned the home. He took Mr. Otero's watch and a radio, then took their vehicle. The Oteros had three other children, Charlie, Daniel, Carmen, ages 15, 14, and 13, who ended up finding their parents when they came home from school. The police were contacted, and when they arrived, the older kids told them that they had two younger siblings that they didn't want seeing the horrible scene. Sadly, they soon found out that their younger siblings were also dead. Oh, yeah, isn't that so sad? They're like freaking out because they're like telling the police, like, oh, our, our younger <laughs> siblings can't see this. They can't go inside and see this scene. And then they find out that their younger siblings are dead yo, in the fuck house. Fuck him. Yo, listen. Listen. If, listen, man. Killing kids. Like, I don't think killing anyone's a good idea. You know what I mean? But killing little fucking kids, dog. What a piece of shit. This is off topic. Next time we should get another mic and put it by Grammy Apples. <laughs> and if we listen back to it, what if we hear like, oh, like something like really crazy? Oh, yeah. Okay. So for, <laughs> you guys are listening at home. Jake brings his little fucking, his little character, Grammy Apples. Who's like, he's a crab apple dressed up. She. She's a, she is a crab apple wearing a little costume that looks like a person. And she's on a little wooden chair that he bought at an estate sale. It's fucking weird for sure. Hey, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hi, Grammy Apples. It would be weird if Grammy Apples said some shit on Mike. That'd be pretty odd. We'll finish up. Finish up. Oh page my god, dude! Her eyes fall. Oh, oh I don't like that. <laughs> finish the page, Carter. They really do, dude. That's fucked up. <laughs> Have you seen that? Here, it's odd. The weird fucking little Grammy Apples you got, Jake. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck! Jake's not good. Carter knocked Grammy Apples out of the chair. Oh, oh, shit. Is so oh, you're done, Carter. Thought you threw up last night. Even if I like wake up and she's like hanging from like my ceiling, what the fuck? You just see the shadow of a rocking chair. <laughs> oh, Dude, it would take us hours to find a better intern. It'd be really hard. Weeks. We're gonna hire. We're gonna hire like a fifth grade level reading. Kid, uh, replace Clinton. Dude, I would see. Could I would see. All of us. I could find someone pushing carts. I'd be like, "Hey, you want a you want a job as an intern? It pays nothing." They're like, yep. Yep. <laughs> Detective Gary Caldwell found Josephine. Major Bill Cornwell ran the homicide unit. He and Bernie Drodsky noticed that there was a large variety of knots used to tie up the victims. And the killer must have ran out of rope at some point because they had to use tape. Joseph Jr. was dead beside his bunk bed, and Cornwell noticed something that would stick with him for the rest of his life. There were fresh chair imprints in the carpet. The killer had sat in a chair and watched the boy die. There was also a lot of ligature um, marks on the victims, indicating that the killer had strangled the victims and then let them get some air, only to strangle them again. BTK definitely did this to other victims, but I'm not sure if he did it on purpose this time or not. He may just not have known how long it took for someone to die from strangulation. The last disgusting thing detective found was dried fluid on Josephine's thigh and on the floor, and it was semen. Yeah, so like with the strangulation, this time, I don't know if he was just unprepared. Like in his confession to the judge, he acts like, oh, I didn't know like how long it would take to strangle him, which might be true because he wasn't really prepared this time. And he talks about exercising his hands for the next murder that we're going to talk about because it did take so long to strangle these people. But he also did this in other, uh, the other murders. He would like yeah. strangle them. They'd pass out. He'd let them wake back up, and he'd strangle them again. Dude, I read a I read a thing. It was on like a list of like twenty facts you know about BTK. While all this was happening, there was a cockroach in the corner, and it was actually the father roach. Some people call him Papa Roach, and it was suffocation, no breathing. <laughs> don't give a damn. I cut my arm bleed. <laughs> We're getting canceled. 
Why? Papa Roach doesn't care. You should. <laughs> <laughs> that song actually slapped. Yeah, that's it's pretty good. Whack, dude. New metal stuff. You know, everyone was in middle school preparing for like the fight at school the next day, listening to Papa Roach. Oh hell yeah! Or uh, God, I'll take God anyone. <laughs> yeah, that one. Or let the bodies hit the floor. Let yeah, the bodies. That's the a good one. Or uh, Walk by Pantera. Jake lost that fight. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Clinton got ready for his first fight listening to Toxic. No. <laughs> Dude, Toxic is a jam, though. Dude, it is a jam. No cap. Dude, that song's sexy. Dude, that song was like 10 years before its time, too. That If that released today, oh, yeah. it'd be an immediate banger. Dude, really I'm fucking downloading that right now on Spotify, dude. I don't want to forget. That is a good song. It is a good song. came out and put in some lingerie to this song. <laughs> Yo, check out Clint's TikTok to see him dance to that. Straight up, that is a really good dude. I forgot how good that beginning of that song was. Dude, it is good. Can you yeah. imagine if that was like our Gucci's intro? Was just that like that? Dude, we be too hyped. I get can't we get canceled? Sure. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to mention, and it mentions it in the book. I didn't make this up, but uh, Lieutenant Landwehr, who ended up being the head investigator for the homicide unit who investigated BTK. There's like an east side and a west side of Wichita, Wichita, Kansas. And so he grew up, this was on the east side, which is supposed to be like, I guess, the sketchy side. And he lived on the west side. But he uh, was really similar to BTK at the time. He was like religious, grew up religious, went to the Boy Scouts. He was an Eagle Scout. Uh, BTK was 28 at this time and Landwehr was in college. So there, there's a big age separation. But it's just crazy how much they have in common and how different they ended up. Like Lieutenant Landwehr was the lead investigator against BTK, and then BTK was jacking off on little girls' legs and hanging them from sewer pipes. That's they just weird. mentioned that in the book, and I thought it was crazy. That is fucking weird. He's eventually the guy that put him away. Yo, if Dennis Rader tried stalking Carter, he'd get depressed and leave. He'd be like, yo, he's <laughs> only, he's only going through drive-throughs and home. I can't watch this guy jack off anymore. <laughs> he would end up hanging to himself. <laughs> like, the fuck? <laughs> like, damn, does he get tired of playing games? There were multiple reports from witnesses. One said he saw a tall man in a dark coat outside the Oteros around 845. Another witness said they saw a short man around 5'2 with dark complexion and bushy brown hair. Another person said that the person could have been Middle Eastern, but in the police composite sketch, the man looked Hispanic. He looked a lot like Joseph Otero with a thin mustache. Another witness said they saw a similar looking man driving the Otero's car around 1030 that morning. The car was found parked at the Dillon's grocery store about a mile away. The position of the seat indicated a short man was driving. They had come away with the same conclusion in Clint's car, although they wouldn't be able to get in because all the doors are broken. Not so much of a fourth escape. That is so fucked up. Fuck you guys, dude. The door's fucking broken. What do I do? What do you want me to fucking do? Am I George Jetson? How the fuck am I going to fix it? I don't know. Dude, somebody, we should call a bomb threat on Clint's car and they'll be like, you what the fuck? How do you the get this thing? Like, I think it's in that McDonald's bag. <laughs> the back, is that where the bomb is? <laughs> fuck you, bro. It's your bag. I know. You fucking douche. For, oh. for 10 days, 75 officers supposedly worked 18 hours a day, which doesn't make any sense to me. They examined all the different knots, eventually um, printing all the names and drawings of knots from an encyclopedia by the Naval Institute Press. They thought maybe the killer was a sailor, but after going through everything that they could think of, the two lead detectives decided to stay in the house overnight with a sidekick that supposedly helped solve crimes in the past. Yo, the psychic actually came back and said that it Here was a sailor. 
And his girlfriend was named Olive Oil. Popeye does Blow me down. All right. Let's read. Uh, I wrote a story. So you guys have just finished episode 22 of Gucci's. Uh, we want to thank you for listening. There is going to be a second episode coming right up, um, concluding the BTK Killer. We want to thank you for rocking with us. Part one. I'm Clinton. I'm Jake. Got it. And we're going to read a story like we do at the end of every podcast that one of us has written or someone has submitted. Dude, and some are Carter pretty fucking good, dude. Yeah, they're not bad. Besides the tunnel people one that Carter wrote, dude. We're and doing- fucking Daryl. Dude, fuck. Who's scared of a guy named Daryl? <laughs> it could be a true story, like we said at the beginning. Just a reminder true story, fan fiction, or a story that you made up. And we will read it guaranteed, no matter what. We're not going to make fun of it like we do each other. It's just, that's just because we wrote them. But uh, we'll read them guaranteed. Be sure to follow us at Gucci's Podcast at Instagram, Gucci's Podcast at Twitter. Send us an email at Gucci's Podcast at gmail.com. And, and thank you so much for Rockwood. Thanks for listening. All right. Where did I come from? So now I'm going to do the story. Just yeah. scary. Oh, dude, she's rocking. It probably it came from the headphones. You yelled so loud it made oh, okay. fucking Grammy apples shake. All right, listen. You guys are fucking trying to squatch and call a fucking giant Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Carter's girlfriend sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So station. Haunt Clint tonight. <laughs> Don't say that to Grammy Apples. Here, let me read this real quick. You gotta hold Grammy, Grammy Apples. Yeah. You have I'm to not hold it. <laughs> yes, you do. Come no, on. It'll smell like sap. I'm not doing it. No, come on. It's, it's an apple. Funny. It doesn't smell like Dude, Grammy Apples is so fucking weird. I'm not touching okay, it. Okay, she's just gonna watch you. She kind of looks like you, Jay. I think she's looking like you more and more every day. Probably. What are her hands made out of? Apples. What? What? What the fuck? How do they make an apple preserved, Jake? Did you see the stuff they put on it, Jake? Take a bite. What can they possibly? (laughs) They dry. They dry an apple and put like whatever. They dry an apple, carve it, and then they put like lacquer or something. This may sound fucked up, but what do you think her nude body looks like underneath those? I don't know. Have you unbuttoned it, Jake? Give her some goddamn (laughs) dignity, okay? (laughs) Fuck. Do you think she has feet in those shoes? Dude, please don't look. Don't look. I don't want to know. You might Dude, break off. Dude, her foot's so Why fucking you break broken. Your foot, though? It's just like hard leather. Yeah, that foot is fucked up. I didn't even notice. You guys are so fucking weird. I can't even handle y'all sometimes, dude. How is Carter even a... Dude, when I tell people about you, Carter, that haven't met you, they think I'm describing a cartoon character. <laughs> fucking insane. All right. So this story's, story's titled Stationed, and I have a disclaimer at the end, but we'll get through it. So it looks like the fucking... <laughs> He looks like a school DJ. <laughs> Can you imagine getting set up for your like prom dance party and you hear DJ Storm Party is going to be DJing? Mm-hmm. He shows up. <laughs> Carter, you can't even imagine going to prom. So oh, dude. All right, all, guys. I was going to say Let's all somewhere. rock out to Bon Jovi. <laughs> Classic. Dude, you don't know the shape of my head, you fucking dick. It looks like a fucking bruised watermelon. <laughs> Shut, dude. I can't work with Carter, dude. Clay can't wear hats, Carter. He's. <laughs> Dude, fuck you. You actually can't. Here, can you try to put this on? I don't want to get lice. No, fuck I, you. I, I don't have lice anymore. He's got. Wait, no. what? I'm just kidding. Do it I'll, do, I'll do it after we're done. Oh my god. Sh- 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 you shut the fuck up. I'm we might have to leave. I'm Dude, sometimes, Carter, I feel like I'm not even joking. 
I feel like you're a Russian asset sent here to fucking ruin the podcast because of Dial Off Pass on episode one. <laughs> you fuck up the podcast so much, dude. It's so fucking crazy. So if we knew one other guy that had free Saturdays, dude, if we just knew one, he didn't have to do it. If he was a fucking guy that was like directing traffic one day, drunk as fuck, I'd be like, get in the car. <laughs> crazy. All right, you shut up, shut up. All right. Dennis sat in his chair while his wife was in the kitchen making dinner. It was Friday and he needed a drink. He'd been working hard. Every Friday, his wife would stop by the liquor store on the way home and grab him a random sixer. It was fun. He found new drinks that way, and even if they weren't all great, after a few beers, he didn't care what it tasted like. Dennis reached in the brown bag and pulled out a beer. The label was weird. Augustern Hell. The name sounded vaguely familiar. Dennis cracked open a beer and took a strong pull. The frosty bite of the brew smashed into his head a memory he was keen to have forgotten. He was 19, just a kid from New Mexico, now on the other side of the world. No one in his family had ever done much traveling, and he felt lucky to have made it all the way to Germany. Dennis had not been at the base very long. He was new to the service. Dennis made friends easy, but didn't really like... Will you stop? Are you filming this? (laughs) You fucker. No, I'm not. Stop. I'm going to. Stop. Dennis made friends easy, but didn't really partake in the nightlife, as other men did. Dennis was raised Catholic, and if he wasn't wearing his dog tags, he would have been wearing a silver crucifix. It felt like all the soldiers were constantly drinking, and most of them didn't even seem to hide it at all. Dennis shared a room with a few other men. They were his buddies, but the room was small. The base was old and had belonged to the enemy. Forty years previous, the big war had scarred this area with the stench of death, but now it was pretty cold. The rooms were small, but the area was definitely pretty. How the fuck are you laughing, Carter? What is, dude, what happened to you? Dude, did you guys, what, is that a broccoli on my head? Why does that make you happy? It doesn't make any sense. Wait, wait till you look at me. <laughs> yeah, you should post that on yeah, that's funny. One day a superior one day a superior told him and another man to move some things from a storage room to the basement. The storage room was in a long narrow building near the barracks that Dennis had never been in. They were given a set of old keys to enter the building. The two made their way down a long hall. You could tell this base was made with war in mind. The halls were concrete, everything was gray inside. As they approached the storage closet at the end of the hall, they heard loud crashing. Thrash! 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 The noise seemed to get louder with every step. Dennis glanced at the other soldier with him and noticed he looked nervous. The hall was long. With every clash, the soldiers seemed to pick up speed. When they reached the door at the end of the hallway, they were practically jogging. Dennis began to open the door, but it slammed shut, pushing him back. Thrash! 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 The noise continued. Dennis put his shoulder into the door this time, and the door opened a few inches before slamming shut. His arm throbbed. What the hell, Dennis said. He glanced at the other soldier, who seemed to be trembling. They held eye contact for a second. Then the other soldier nodded and helped Dennis wrench the door open. Why the... Dude, Carter. What the... Dude, shut up. Why are you laughing, Jake? I'm not laughing. I'm burping. Then the other soldier nodded and helped Dennis wrench the door open. The two fell inside the room, and the door closed behind them. Thrash! 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 The noise continued. Wooden chairs were whipping themselves against the wall. 
An invisible force was hurling them. Some of the chairs were splintering, or a leg would even break off. The concrete seemed only to give off a few flecks of dust, but did not give to the wooden chair's composition. Small items whizzed past Dennis, and he did his best to dodge them. Dennis darted for the door, and then pulled at its handle. He could not pry it open. Thrash! 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 Dennis put his foot against the wall, hoping to gain leverage. Still, the door would not wiggle. Then the items all stopped, floating in midair for a second. Then it all fell to the floor. The door gave way, and Dennis and the other soldier ran down the hallway. They went directly to their supervisor, who had sent them. They told them what had happened. He seemed troubled, but he did not look surprised. Tell no one, he said. I will lock the building up, and tomorrow, if things are in order, you will try again. I learned the reason all the soldiers were getting so drunk was to numb their senses to the goings-on of the disgruntled soldiers who refused to leave. The knights. The specters. That night, Dennis bought a 12-pack of beer with an odd name. Augustine Hell. Outside his memory, he hadn't seen the ghost since. Woo! It was the beer that triggered the memory of him being in the army. Oh. Yeah. That's a real story. Is that the story you were talking about? No. Oh, okay. When I was working at the call center, there was a guy named Dennis, and he told me that story that when he was in the army, he was at an army base. And the guy is kind of fully shit, if I'm being honest with you. But he told me he was at this, he was at an army base in the 80s that used to be a Nazi base, and he was stationed in Germany, and he claims he was reading the Bible one day, and the Bible shut by itself, and the lights flickered, and that he went into a storage room, and chairs were fucking breaking themselves. And like bash it wild, and he asked his boss. His boss is like, "Yo, shut the fuck up, and like go home for the day or whatever. Go back to your barracks." And he asked his bros, and his bros are like, "Yo, this place is haunted as fuck. Got to drink to numb your senses, and then you won't notice the ghosts. Like, it's just wild." <laughs> and I don't know, he might have been full shit, but it was crazy. It was a good story. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Future, see you, Clinton. I'm Jake. Got